Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. Before I get started this week, I just wanted to say that I hope you got a chance to listen to last week's episode, which featured a conversation with my partner and now fiance, Chloe. And we shared in particular a tool that we use to help destroy patterns that have existed in our relationship, that exist within us in the way we view relationship. And that's one of the most important steps when it comes to having a truly different kind of relationship. It's answering that question for yourself of how do you actually get beyond what you've known in the past? And how do you access those places within you that are creative and resourceful? Well, that's what we cover in that episode, so I'd encourage you to check it out. And the only other thing that I wanted to mention before I get started today is, just in case you haven't yet, I want to ensure that you have a chance to check out the free guide that I have on my website, which is all about the single most important thing that will make and break your relationship. And in particular, it's a way to come to understand the needs that you have in a relationship and that your partner has and to see how you may actually be working against yourself and against your partner um, in ways that you may not even know. So if you haven't had a chance to check that out, visit neilsatin.com and there's a little button that says, send me the action plan. You can click that and, and if you give me your name and email address, it'll send you the plan. Or you can text the word relationship to the number 33444 and follow the instructions and that will get a link to you so that you can download that guide. Awesome. So where are we today? One thing that's come up over and over again in my work with clients is what happens when one or the other person is triggered. And this question of First, are you even recognizing that that's happening to you? And second, if you are recognizing that that's happening to you, what do you do? Because so much of the negative experiences, so many of the negative experiences that we have when we're in relationship actually come from trying to fix things, trying to get through problems, trying to... Uh, overcome an issue when we're triggered. And while it's not like that's going to fail 100% of the time, I mean, there are times when you'll actually just muscle your way through and you'll get to the other side. Most of the time, when either you or your partner is triggered, um, all bets are off. There's something going on in your physiology that's keeping you from being creative and resourceful and compassionate. And uh, instead, you're in a state of fight or flight. And it's funny, we talk about fight or flight all the time. But if you're arguing with your partner, you're fighting. And if you're checking out or needing to get away or just saying, fine, whatever, um, then you're fleeing. Or, you know, maybe you're just numbing yourself and shutting down completely and just not really having anything to say or not engaging with your partner. All of those things are signs that you are in a state of trigger. And once you're in a state of trigger, you got to take care of it or else you're probably not going to get much further than that. 
and you're going to have a really challenging time actually breaking the patterns that got you there in the first place. And this might be true even if there's no real severe pattern happening in your relationship, but just where you um, where you seem to come up with communication blocks with your partner, where there's this one thing that you just can't really talk about or you try talking about it and suddenly one or the other of you is raging or upset or just shutting down. Um, so that happens a lot in couples that are otherwise totally fine. But there's this one or two thing things, maybe there are these one or two things that that you just avoid. And while I think there that it can be helpful to avoid things that, you know, are going to be contentious, like like just when you go to dinner with your family and you know that talking about politics is going to set off your father-in-law or whatever. So you don't talk about politics. Well, maybe there are things like that in your relationship, but if something is really important to you and needs to be addressed and you just haven't found a way to do it, the odds are good that either you or your partner is getting triggered and you need to handle it in some fashion. So um, this can also come up when you are single and going out on dates and trying to get an accurate sense of whether or not someone is a good material is good material for you to actually be in some sort of partnership. And if you're listening to this show, then you're probably interested in having the kind of relationship with someone that's different and exceptional. Um, so how are you going to figure that out if either you're in a state of trigger on a date and not totally able to, to connect with yourself or connect with your partner, um, or partner to be, I guess, prospective partner to be. Um, or if the person that you're on the date with is triggered, then what do you do to bring them back into a state of connection with you and play and creativity and spontaneity? So the point here is whether you're single or in relationship, or trying to deal with an ex-spouse, which happens for some of us, um, then it's pretty easy to encounter situations where you're triggered and then, and then what? And then all bets are off. Because the thing is that muscling your way through situations where you're triggered, and sometimes there's just no way to avoid that, right? You, you just have to. So by all means, if you have to, then do it. But if you don't have to, then it could be that muscling your way through actually creates more pain and more injury that you then have to recover from on the flip side. So the good news is that if you can break this cycle and actually come back into balance with yourself, then you stand a much better chance of coming up with a positive solution to whatever trouble you're having and doing it in a way that's not adding trauma and injury to the fire. So you want to add fuel to the fire. You want to add love to the fire. You don't want to add injury to the fire. Injury is like, you know, taking a part of the fire and putting a wet blanket on it and then it starts smoking all over the place. And yes, they say where there's smoke, there's fire. But the point is, you want to feed your fire so it's burning nice and hot, not so it's smoky and making the people in the room have difficulty breathing, right? 
So um, take a moment, stop, drop, and roll or something like that. And we're going to talk a little bit about how to actually handle triggers. And this episode is going to be on the short and sweet side because we have lots of resources uh, in podcasts past, and I'm going to list a few of them to help you figure out how to, how to deal with triggers. And uh, But I wanted to offer you some of the favorites that have either come out of the podcast or that have come up in my work with my clients or in the work that Chloe and I do with our clients or in our relationship together, the things that we found to be really effective. Um, another time when we've that we've talked about when you can get triggered, you know, there's this conversational triggeredness, but uh, a time that's full of opportunities to get triggered is when you're having sex with your partner. And if you're not really present, then you may not notice these moments happening when either you or your partner is checking out, or um, maybe you're not even having sex because one of you is initiating and the other of you is shutting uh, shutting it down and and not wanting to have sex. And then the question comes up of where do you go? Where do you go in those moments? Um, if you're in uh, a healthy pattern, then when one of you tries to initiate sex and the other says, eh, I'm not really in the mood, then you actually go to a place where it's no big deal. And you're like, great, well, what else can we do? Let's have a you know, a bowl of chips and some guacamole or something like that. Um, but when you're not in a great space, then a partner saying, I'm not really in the mood right now can feel like the ultimate rejection. And then there are even these moments where a partner simply asking you about your life, but they do it in a way that to you is communicating something else that can set you off and, and leave you feeling triggered and angry and wondering if, um, is this be, are they asking you just because they want to have that conversation for the millionth time that never goes anywhere? Or, um, you see how this can go on and on. I don't want to go on and on. I want to keep this simple and, and give you a sense of how to know when something's going on and what to do about it. So let's start with some, warning signs. And this is what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the warning signs that you're triggered. I'm going to give you some strategies to work with in moments of triggeredness. And then I'm going to give you a few of the episodes that I think have been the most helpful for dealing with being triggered. So how do you know when you are triggered? Well, one sure sign, and this is great when you're in partnership, is if you notice that your partner is kind of checking out, then the odds are good that your partner is triggered. So that's not you recognizing that you are triggered, although you could be triggered in that moment too. Um, and in fact, if you are noticing that your partner is triggered, then that's a great time to ask yourself the question, like, wow, am I triggered too? Because you may notice that you're you're already caught in this spiral of triggeredness um, and that you are playing a part in it. So great time to reflect. Um, so that's one opportunity. But let's say that you're not reflecting on your partner. You're trying to stay in tune with your own experience. So you may notice that you're having trouble swallowing 
or that your heart is racing or that you get a queasy feeling in your stomach or that your palms are sweaty or you may notice that your face is getting really, really tense um, and particularly like the top part of your face, but your but it could be your entire face too. This is because when you're triggered, your social mechanisms go offline and one of your primary social mechanisms are is the musculature in your face. So, um, so that's another symptom. Um, you may notice that you can't really understand what your partner is saying. Like they're talking, but it's just not making any sense to you. And that, that could be because they're babbling incoherently. Um, but it also could be because the, the parts of you that take sound and process sound into language and comprehension, um, that part of you also go, goes offline when you're triggered. Um, so let's see. We've got some physiological signs. We've got, um, oh yeah, there's also, um, when things, when you, you notice yourself saying, oh, here we go again. This, or like, I, I know this feeling or, um, or you feel like crying or, um, or you feel yourself starting to fume, like your blood is boiling. There's a lot of feeling involved in being in touch with your feelings. Um, so I'm going to just offer you the suggestion that throughout your day, maybe you set an alarm for three times a day or something like that, or you just make a little dot with a pen on the palm of your hand. And every time you see the dot, ask yourself, how am I feeling right now? So you can get into the habit of actually checking in with yourself and you may have a word like happy, sad, or um, downtrodden, or perplexed, um, or confused, um, or it may just be sensations in your body. Oh, there's a tightness in my chest, or my heart is contracting, or um, I'm hunching over instead of um, sitting up straight. These are all ways of um, learning how to be really in touch with your emotional state. And it's really important because when things get heated or maybe not even heated, like preheated, um, then uh, those are the times when you really have to pay close attention because that time span between when everything's totally fine and then, holy shit, I'm triggered and can't even deal, that time span for a lot of people is not very long and it can happen instantaneously. So, um, so it's really key to get into habits that can slow that down for one thing. Um, and that's generally through a practice of mindfulness or, um, to get into the habit of checking in with your feeling state so that when, even if it's already happened, you can notice that it's happened. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, if, if any other things occur to me while I'm chatting with you. Um, I'll let you know. But that seems like a pretty good list to start. Um, oh, one thing could be if you're feeling like everything is hopeless and or you're you're not seeing the humor ever. Um, and or, or if you or your partner is not making if you if you and your partner are not making eye contact with each other and and you feel almost like you can't make eye contact with your partner. Well, that's another 
sign that one of you is probably triggered. Um, all right, that seems like a pretty good list. And if, if you have any uh, things that you've noticed about when you get triggered or when your partner gets triggered, send them to me. Neilius, N-E-I-L-I-U-S at neilsatin.com is my email. Or you can post them in our Relationship Alive community Facebook page. Um, and if you're not a member yet, please join. Um, and yeah, I'd love to hear what you've noticed about when you get triggered or when your partner gets triggered. Okay. So now that you've noticed that you or your partner is triggered, what do you do? Well, it's a physiological state that you are in. There's nerve impulses and blood flowing to different parts of your body than the ones that would be required if you were actually going to have an easeful, positive outcome for whatever situation you're in. So your job is to get those resourceful systems within you, the parts of you that are creative and playful and spontaneous and, if nothing else, relaxed, um, to come back online. So because it's a physiological problem, a lot of the best options for dealing with it involve changing your physiology. So one option is for you to just take some space. But the key here is to take space in a way that is not threatening to your partner. Because if you just say like, well, I'm out of here, then your partner is probably going to experience that as a rupture of attachment and you're leaving and it feels like a threat um, to, to be walked away from. So can you communicate, I need some space in a way that is safe for your partner? So a great way to do that is to say something like, wow, I'm noticing that I'm really triggered right now and I need to take some space can we come back to this conversation in 10 minutes? Or can we come back to this conversation in a half an hour? Or on Wednesday? Or whatever it is. So you're probably getting here that the important thing is to make an end, uh, make a date for when you are going to get back together in a non-triggered state and try to have the interaction that you're having. Um, my personal preference is shorter frames of time, um, but long enough so that you actually get a chance to settle your nervous system. So taking space is great. Um, another great strategy that's along the lines of taking space and interrupting the pattern is actually to have a code word with your partner. And again, this is a tactic that I often use with clients and it's come up on the podcast a number of times. Um, in fact, it's great to have different code words for different situations, but you know, you might use, um, I, I think pineapple is the one that I always use because that's what one that my kids use when things are getting a little out of hand. One of them will say pineapple and that's how they know like, okay, gotta stop. So it's great to have a code word that says, um, I'm triggered right now, or I'm noticing you're triggered right now. So let's take a step back from what we were trying to do, like have this conversation or argument or solve this problem or make love 
or whatever it is, like, let's step back from that and get ourselves back on board or back in line. So, um, so a, key, a code word for that is really helpful. And I encourage you to be playful with the code words that you choose because the more ridiculous they are, the easier it is to, to take for one thing to, for, for your partner to hear. And, uh, also the easier it is, um, to inject some, some life and humor. And it's actually a pattern interrupt in and of itself. So rather than saying, I'm triggered right now, which can be really serious, um, or feel really serious, you might say, you know, fruit loops are in my nostrils. That's kind of ridiculous, I think, for most of us. And, uh, but you get the point, like you're saying it and your partner's like, oh, um, I have this weird image of you with cereal up your nose. And by the way, I don't suggest that you actually try that. Um, but it, it just totally changes the, the mood of things. And at the same time, it's communicating a serious message, which is we got to come back into balance. So let's do that and then come back to this conversation or whatever it is that's triggered you. All right. Um, what is another great strategy? Um, one of the strategies that we've talked about involves making either like a long, slow exhale. So this is something you can do with your partner once you've both agreed, like, okay, I'm in a state of trigger. Or sometimes, like, for example, with me and Chloe, um, if I'm feeling triggered, I'll just start a long, slow exhale while we're talking. And when I do that, she knows that I'm, that I'm triggered and, uh, and I'm trying to deal with it. I'm trying to help myself come back to a state of balance. So, um, as we discussed in our episode with Stephen Porges on the science of safety, and that is episode 34, um, in particular, a long, slow exhale will help your nervous system come back online. So take a deep breath in and then let it out and really let it out over a long period of time and do that a few times. Um, and, uh, that will help bring you back online. Um, there's a, there's a fun reset for this that maybe the next time I have Chloe on the show, we'll, we'll talk to you about as well. Um, but the long, slow exhale, another one that came up in our episode with Peter Levine, which was episode 29, um, called, uh, healing your triggers and something or other. Um, and Peter Levine is one of the world's experts on trauma and he created somatic experiencing. So the guy knows what he's talking about is to use this simple syllable, which is VU, which I guess if you're French, it's V-O-U-S, but I, I picture it V-O-O and to, to do it in a low, deep, um, resonant tone as low as you can go and as long as you can go. So you'll take a breath in and then etc. And I sing, so I could do that for quite a while. Um, and hopefully those of you who are triggered listening to this episode feel a little calmer right now from my having 
vood in your ear for 10 seconds. Um, sometimes in the middle of, uh, of a heated moment with Chloe, one or the other of us will start vooing. And uh, when that happens, um, both of us will end up vooing. And it's actually really helpful and therapeutic. Um, so, okay, great. So that's another strategy for you. Another great strategy is to get up and move around. And um, you might, if you're, if you're feeling angry, you might have like a pillow on hand and you might like beat the pillow a little bit and that helps get your fight out. Um, you'll want to tell your partner that that's what you're about to do so they don't get freaked out that you're beating a pillow. But um, it can be really helpful to just kind of mobilize that energy, um, but obviously not on your partner and not on yourself, but on something um, sweet and gentle like your pillow um, that can handle it. Um, so that's another good way to mobilize some energy in your body. Um, if you can put music on and dance, that's great. If you can take a walk and be in nature, that's great. And when you're in nature, just see if you can really tune in to the miracle of life that's around you. And that brings me to one of my favorite techniques for dealing with being triggered, which is heart-centered breathing. And it's a, um, it's a takeoff on the long, slow exhale, but you combine it with a visualization. So, for example... Um, you want to have something planned ahead of time is ideal because when you're triggered, thinking of these things can be really challenging. So, um, so ahead of time, think of an image that you can hold or have on the back burner of a moment in your life. Um, could be just with a friend or by yourself or with your partner or with your children um, with a pet, whatever it is, something that evokes feelings of joy and especially gratitude. And you want to have that image really clear in your mind, whether it's like kind of a still picture that you see or sort of like a movie. And you might even be put your, be able to put yourself in the scene where you can experience it, experience it, what it felt like, what it smelled like, what it sounded like. And uh, you want to have this image handy because it's part of the heart-centered breathing. So, and the way that you do heart-centered breathing is you slow down both your inhale and your exhale. So you, you might breathe in on, say, a count of four or five, and then breathe out on a count of four or five. And as you do this, you imagine your breath um, surrounding your heart space. And you can combine that with, with belly breathing, you know, where as you breathe, your diaphragm expands. And so you're really feel, filling your, your whole, um, chest cavity with breath. Um, that can be really hard to do, at least at first, if you're really triggered. So if you're feeling like, if you're in a triggered moment and you're like, this is hard, that's normal. That's natural. But um, so you want to slow down your breathing. 
So breathe in on a count of four or five, breathe out on a count of four or five, and just get into a nice steady rhythm with that. And imagine your breath as you breathe in, imagine it surrounding your heart and filling that whole space. And then bring into your mind's eye or your mind's ear, if you're an auditory person or your mind's sense of the world, if you're a kinesthetic kind of person, that image that we talked about before that evokes joy and gratitude. So you get into that experience of feeling gratitude, feeling joy while you're slowing your breath down and imagining your breath filling and surrounding your heart space. And let me tell you, it's very, very therapeutic. Um, it actually affects your heart rate variability, um, which is, I'm not going to go into all of that right now, but it affects it in a positive way, which means that it actually um, is more variable and, um, and signals to your body to release the kinds of biochemicals that help you fight stress. So um, you can even practice, if you're going to go into a situation that you know might trigger you, you might sit and practice the uh, heart-centered breathing technique that I just explained to you on your own, and then, um, and then imagine having the conversation or the encounter, whatever it is, with your partner. And when you start to feel that triggered feeling come on from imagining, just imagining it happening, then go back to the heart-centered breathing and wait for your um, physiology to come back online and then go back to imagining the hard situation again until you start to feel triggered. And you alternate and go back and forth. And what this does is it actually builds resiliency in your system. Um, so it raises the bar for the amount of stress that you can experience before you start to get triggered. And it also helps repattern yourself around that particular experience. Um, so you start to come back online before you're, um, before you're off and, and running in triggered land. Um, and then I, just as a, as a, additional note on what I just mentioned, you might try rehearsing it in your mind and imagining a positive outcome because if things go well, then you wouldn't be all that triggered to begin with. So that's another just thing that you could do. But I would do that after you've practiced the bad way a few times and just given yourself the ability to recover from those stressful things. So I think that's, I think that's good. As I give you a few of the episodes that I think you might like to check out that are along these lines, if something else comes to me, I'll let you know. Um, this is a, a healthy snapshot of the strategies that I tend to use with clients. Um, there are others. Um, I didn't sit here and make a complete list. And part of what goes on is, is coming up with the strategies that are really right given the situation. So some things that work really well in one situation or for one person don't work for the other person. So that's part of my coaching practice is getting to know you well enough to know which things will work for you, um, which hopefully makes sense to you. Um, so 
here are some things for you to check out. I would definitely check out the episode that I mentioned earlier, the the couple episodes. That was uh, episode 34 with Steve Porges on the science of safety. Episode 29 with Peter Levine on healing your triggers and overcoming trauma. Um, episode 32 with Marty Babbitts, which is all about mastering how to communicate in three dimensions. The third dimension of communication, according to him, is maintaining an awareness of safety with your partner and creating safety for your partner when you're communicating with them. So that's an important part of not being triggered. If you feel safe, you won't get triggered or you won't get triggered as much. But as soon as you're not feeling safe, you're you're probably already heading into a state of um, being shut down. Uh, let's see. I also, one of the earlier episodes, I would recommend episode 10, which is how to get off the roller coaster and get back to love with Diana Richardson, who's one of the world's experts on Tantra. Um, and that episode wasn't about Tantra. It's all about emotional, the emotional roller coaster and how to find the undercurrent of love in any situation. Um, she's going to be back on the show very soon, which I'm really excited about. Uh, I would also, oh yeah, well, one thing that I didn't really talk about now, but which is such an amazing strategy, is um, the some of the inner dialoguing work that um, it, that Dick Schwartz talks about in Internal Family Systems, and I don't have his episode number handy. Um, so I, I'll look that up. But the um, another episode that's really great for that is uh, episode 14 with Margaret Paul, which is on her methodology called Inner Bonding. That episode's called Healing the Split Between Head and Heart. And this really is a, a helpful method for helping you take care of yourself even while you're in conversation or in a situation with your partner. Um, really powerful. So uh, I was going to tell you the Dick Schwartz episode. I feel like it's episode 26, but let me tell you. Episode 26, I was right. Uh, let's see. And then the last couple that I wanted to mention, and there are actually many, and I hope you've gotten the sense if you're not already going back to listening to older episodes, there's so many um, helpful, rich moments with each of the guests that have been on the show. Um, but the other couple that I'm going to mention are um, episode 27 with Sue Johnson, which is all about breaking free of your patterns of conflict. And episode 22, um, Essential Skills for Conscious Relationship with Harville Hendricks and Helen LaKelly Hunt. Among the many things we talk about in that episode are... Um, are the uh, techniques of Imago dialogue, which is their way of having a conversation that helps you really understand your partner and stay safe in the process. So my goal in this episode was to really help you understand how important it is to recognize when you're triggered and to give you some really solid strategies to help you get untriggered and come back into balance with yourself and with your partner um, so that you can figure out 
solutions to whatever it is that is causing the trigger in the first place. But it's really hard to do that if you don't actually get untriggered first. So hopefully this episode has been helpful for you. Please drop me a line and let me know. Again, my email is neilius, N-E-I-L-I-U-S, at neilsatin.com. Or you can uh, join our community on Facebook. That's the Relationship Alive community on Facebook. If you just go to Relationship Alive group on Facebook, I think it's like porn or something like that. So don't go there. Uh, go to the Relationship Alive community and let me know what you're discovering about your own triggers and how to come back into balance. I've offered you some of the more common strategies that I use when I'm working with clients. And for that matter, if you need help or if you and your partner need help together, then um, that's work that I do. And I really love helping uh, my clients get through this so that they can get to the place where they're actually communicating more effectively and seeing lots of positive growth in their relationship. So you can drop me a line at the email address that I just gave you if you're interested in coaching, or you can always text the word support to the number 33444. And if you follow the instructions there, I think it drops you a link to my scheduler so we can set something up, see if we're a good fit to work together. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Relationship Alive. It's always a pleasure. And I look forward to seeing you next week. And just so you know, we have a great roster of guests, some of whom are return visitors and some of whom are new, who are coming on board. So I have a lot more in store for you over the rest of the summer and into the fall. Um, it's very exciting, and we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of Relationship Alive. So thank you so much for uh, your feedback and for helping make it such a great podcast. Um, and it's been really fun for me. But there'll be more on that as the year anniversary approaches. In the meantime, uh, try out, experiment with what I've given you today, and let me know how it works for you. And if you have a minute, share the podcast with your friends so that they can hopefully benefit too. Thanks so much and take care. 